Hey, y'all. I'm Zio. I'm M. And we'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you very much. If you like what you hear, consider supporting us on Patreon. We're on Patreon as Fic Fans with a Z. You should give us tons of money. W- or none. No pressure. Give us all. Anyway, enjoy the program. Thank you. What's up, people? Welcome back to Fiction Fanatics. I'm the Wolfware. And I'm the Visible Man. And today, we're talking about the Halloween cult classic. Are you talking about Mad Monster Party? Yes, Mad Monster Party? Hmm. And you have to say it with a question mark, because the actual title has a question mark in it. Mad Monster Party. Mad Monster Party. So, um, I don't think we have much history with this. As I've never heard of it. And I, um, I love Rankin and Bass stuff in general, but I only watched this, like, two years ago for the first time because it was never played on like TV because it's fucking feature length. See, that's an hour and a half. It's not a special that you can like fill in some half hour somewhere and fit like seven of them in. No, this is like, a, this is a movie. A whole ass movie. This was played in theaters. I would love to have been there. The history of the this specifically is Mad Monster Party is a 1967 American stop-motion animated musical comedy film produced by Rankin-Bass Productions for Embassy Pictures. It stars the Boris Karloff as Baron Boris von Frankenstein. I wonder who that character could possibly be. Huh. Um, Alan Swift as basically every other male character in this story, including the the main-ish character Felix Flanken, Count Dracula, uh, Fang, the werewolf, the hunchback of Notre Dame, the invisible man, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and It, as well as basically every other supporting character who wasn't... No, it was just every other voicing... Alan Swift just did every other character. He did basically every other character. Yeah. And Alan Swift, uh, he's been in a lot of stuff, like a lot of really old stuff. If you look at him, he was like an, an old voice actor. Like, he did a shit ton of commercials. He did basically every voice on Howdy Doody but Howdy Doody. <laughs> Except for the last, like, few years of production of Howdy Doody where he was Howdy Doody's voice. Wow. Yeah. So, like, this dude was a classic-ass VA. Um, we have folk singer Gail Garnett as Francesca. She's probably best known for her Grammy-winning folk hit, Will Sing in the Sunshine. One of my favorites. As well as... Phyllis Diller, I guess well, I should say Gail Garnett plays uh, Francesca. Francesca, and then Phyllis Diller as the monster's mate, and we'll explain what exactly that is in just a second. But there's, and finally, the only other person in the cast was Elf- Ethel Ennis, who sings the title song. The most valuable character. So the reason why why a lot of the characters in the sh- special aren't don't have their actual names is because the people didn't want to pay for them Rankin and Bass Productions didn't want to pay for them makes sense so to keep expenses down the film producers decided that they'd basically take these super recognizable monsters and they'd rename them just kind of fiddle with the name just a little bit yeah so so even though they're not listed as characters King Kong Frankenstein's monster the bride of Frankenstein Quasimodo and the creature from the Black Lagoon are all in this movie but they are listed as in order it Fang, the monster's mate, the hunchback of Notre Dame, and the creature. The creature. Everyone else was already in the public domain, so they got to actually use the names. Makes sense. 
I still think Frankenstein's in the public domain, though, so I don't know why they had to rename Frankenstein's monster the just just Fang. Just Fang. Yeah, he's either called the mon- he's either called the monster or Fang. Fang. It's weird, but whatever. So the film was created using Rankin and Bass's Animagic, which was their specialty stop motion process, which was different than what else existed at the time. Super cool. Um, obviously, everyone knows what like stop motion is, where you take a picture. And then you one frame at a time, and you just move them slightly. One picture at a time. Yes. Very slow. This is one of the first people. They were like one of the first people to not use like clay or clay-like things, because they actually just made models that had multiple like faces they could take off and on. That makes sense. Because like at the time, they had already used this stuff for like King Kong, Mm -hmm. and uh, Gumby, Gumby, and Davy and Goliath. Good old Gumby. But they were more clay. Yeah, they were definitely, you could tell they were more of a clay, especially Gumby. Yeah. So the reason this was made in the late 60s is because classic monster films were enjoying a resurgence in popularity, along with more comedy-centric, like, horror-themed things like the Adam Family and the Munsters. And everything goes in a cycle. That's why the Adam Family are back. Yeah. Uh, This campy film is a spoof of horror themes, complete with musical numbers and inside jokes. For, this is a real thing. Mad Magazine's creator, he- Harvey Kurtzman, penned the, stri- the script with writer Len Korob- Korobkin. Ugh. The point is, the guy who made Mad Magazine like wrote the script with help. And then, they, and then another artist from Mad Magazine, Jack Davis, designed most of the characters. And he was a natural for the job, because not only had he worked at Mad, but he also worked in fucking EC Comics and like their horror comics back in the day. You know, those ones that basically got horror comics banned for 40 years? Jesus, that's been some good stuff. So he knew what he was talking about when it turns to, like, okay, make these cartoony things that are like the classic monsters. Spooky. Um, It's also been long rumored that Forrest J. Ackerman had a hand in the script, but, like, everyone who knows anything says, no, he wasn't. Even though there are, like, DVDs that say he worked on it secretly and he didn't. Nope, nope. And in addition... To the famous monsters in the film, Mad Monster Party also features several celebrity likenesses. Carlos and Phyllis, Boris Carlos and Phyllis Diller's characters are both designed to look a bit like the actors portraying them. And then Baron Frankenstein's lackey Yetch is a physical and voice caricature of Peter Lorre. You know, that dude from old gangster movies who was like, You despise me, don't you? I love his voice. Who's also like the theme for Boo Berry. The Boo Berry? Ah, I love him. Mad Monster Party was one of several family-friendly projects that Karloff lent his voice to in his final years, including the 1966 TV TV adaptation of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The best Grinch? Yeah, the only Grinch as far as I'm concerned. It was his final involvement in a production connected to the Frankenstein mythos, which, you know, was the reason he became so popular in the first place. Because he's famous? Yeah. Uh, Rankin and Bass also produced a TV special called Mad, Mad, Mad Monsters. That was made for the ABC Saturday Superstar movie series. Haven't seen that one either. And that aired in 1972. And it's featured a bunch of the same same monster characters. And Bob McFadden did an imitation of Karloth when voicing Baron Henry von Frankenstein, who resembles Baron Bo- Boris von Frankenstein. Makes sense, since you know he couldn't be in the second one. Because he was dead. Rest in peace, Frankenstein. So let's get started. So the start of the movie begins with the credits panning. So we're already off to a good start. Yep. 
we see a creepy castle. It's a super creepy castle, and we make our first appearance of Baron Boris von Frankenstein finish up his new concoction. I have it labeled as the super die explosion potion. Basically the same thing. Because, so, his idea is he conquered how to create life. A.K.A. Frankenstein. So now he wants to create the ultimate death bringer. A.K.A. the atomic bomb. And he, like, tests it on a crow. That poor fucking crow. It's like he takes, like, a dropper, puts it on a crow, and then that crow flies out the window and fucking explodes. As soon as it perches on a tree. And it's powerful enough to create a fucking mushroom cloud. And if we were death battle, we'd know that that would be equivalent to so many tons of TNT. That'd be equivalent to at least, like, one attack from Sonic. <laughs> but we're not death battle. We don't do the numbers, and we don't care about specifics. I don't care. He's super powerful. He could one-shot Goku. Yeah, and so, and he wants to show off his greatest accomplishment at a super cool party. So he sends out invites for a monster convention. Using bats. And then we get title cards. Title cards and... More credits. And before we get the actual credits for the five voice work people in this thing, there's first the credits that just show all the monsters that are going to be in it. All the super cool monsters. And we also get the first song, Mad Monster Party, sung by Ethel Ennis. I'm going to talk a little bit about the lyrics about because it's the only one I could find lyrics for because it's just interesting to me that like the full moon brings the monster brings out the monster in you a strange tune seems to be playing for you did you sell your soul to the devil at the monster party last night did you sell your soul to Mephistopheles tell me baby tell me please you made a date with the devil not me oof I know my fate, honey. Level with me. Some weird lyrics. Right? Some really weird lyrics. Yeah. And this is like the most real song in this thing. It's the most real 60s song. And I'll play a little bit of it. Or I've already have played a little bit of it, depending on when you're listening to it. This part may or may not be cut out. I don't know. Editor Me has a lot of work to do. And I, I every time Editor Me exists, then he fucking hates recording me. Yeah, slouch. Whatever. Anyway, after the song, we move on to some place in America to a drugstore worked by one Felix Flanken. Flanken? He works at, a, at the drugstore. As a behind-the-pharmacy counter, of all places. Because he's a pharmacist. And definitely doesn't have a food counter to run because it's a pharmacy. Yeah, I, it, that was actually kind of a funny joke. I, that was way more relevant at the time. And now it's kind of... 
not. <laughs> wait, wait, are you trying to tell me that drugstores don't have a food bar anymore? No. They also don't sell magazines. Are you Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. How like, times have changed. Like, his boss gets on his case of like, hey, what are you doing messing with these drugs? There are people at the counter who need you to take their order, and there's a person looking at magazines but not paying for them. Did you forget? We're a drugstore. Go help with food. Yeah. And get that damn library guy reading out. Yeah. And, like, apparently, apparently Felix is such a fucking klutz. First off, he has, like, a shit ton of allergies. He's always, like, popping pills or spraying something in his mouth and throat. Or sneezing like a madman. Because he has some allergies. He never says what allergies. He just says allergies. I have an allergy. Allergic to air. I guess. But apparently he's also so fucking clumsy that even though he's been working at this drugstore for three years, he currently, owe, like, isn't getting paid for another three months until he pays off the debt he currently owes. Like, damn, how much debt do you have, or how little does this guy pay you? I, I could definitely be both. And my thought was, like, if he hasn't paid you in, like, three years, how are you alive? Well, that kind of spoils a little bit of the uh mm-hmm. thing at the end. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Shush, shush, shush. We don't spoil the things until it's the time to spoil it. Unless it's King Kong. Yeah, King Kong dies. Yeah, right now. Anyway, the mail comes into the drugstore, and apparently that's where... This letter was sent to Felix from one Dr. Baron Boris Frankenstein. Von Frankenstein. And it's an invitation to a scientific first. There's going to be a convention where where they'll unveil a scientific first, and you're one of the people invited to go. And it's on a Caribbean island. And it's on a Caribbean island. So it's all party. And so, like, Felix is like, oh, uh, Mr. Guy who I work for, uh, can I go? And at first he's like, no. And then... Why the hell would I let you leave? You owe me money. And then Felix breaks more stuff and he's like, you know what, Felix? Go. Leave for a week. Leave for a month. Leave forever. I don't care. Just know that it's not a vacation for you. It's a vacation for me to get the fuck away from you because I hate you. You're worthless. Sneezing fuck. Back at the castle, Fang or... Uh, Frankenstein. Or Frankenstein's monster, because people will get bitchy if we call him Frankenstein. Well, fuck him. Uh, Fang ogles a woman, and the monster's mate, the bride of Frankenstein, scolds him, and then sings a song about how Fang is different. And ugly. It's called You're Different. Play a different game cause you're different. Ah, 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 you're different. I don't know whether to complain, but you're driving me insane cause you're different. You're different. Now let's agree. You're not incredibly handsome or even charming, but you can be so disarming. Alarming You're different As unpredictable as rain You're an Easter candy cane Yes, you're different <laughs> Different Like a snowy day in June Like a new Brazilian tune Yeah, you're different Yeah, you're different And you know that's what I like about you <laughs> 
I swear the song has like probably the world record for using the word different so much. And it's basically saying that like you might not be beautiful, but I love you anyway. Also, you're different. Also, you're ugly as fuck. <laughs> also, you're ugly. Also, you're different. But I like you're ugly and different. It's whatever. Because I'm ugly and different, but you're uglier. Yeah. Anyway, the woman who Fang was ogling was Francesca, and it's Frankenstein's uh, secretary. And, like, they're looking over the RSVP letters they got after sending out the party invites. And everyone who they invited has RSVP'd except for It. Because It wasn't invited. Because he's a pain in the ass. It caused so many problems and is such a bore. So we don't invite It anymore to anything. To anything. Fuck him. And then Frankenstein asks, Felix, asks about, hey, there's this Felix guy who doesn't seem to know that this is going to be a monster party. And also thinks that this is like a tropical Caribbean resort island. He what the fuck? He thinks he's going to swim and hang out on the sand beach? Yeah. Uh, Doc, what the fuck? Oh, that's my nephew. Apparently, Frankenstein's youngest sister got married to a traveling medicine man, and they both moved to America and had Felix. It was such a shame, because she was so good at witchcraft. And Frankenstein tells Francesca, Yep, I'm bringing him here because I'm retiring and I'm going to name my nephew who only barely knows I exist and I have never had any real contact with and has never had anything to do with monsters, my successor. And show him how to do science. And and after hearing this, Francesca's like, I was going to be your successor, you fucking old doddering man. This is some bullshit. Uh, we cut to a little bit later at a dockyard where a bunch of the monsters start Jumping onto a Caribbean ship. Hell yeah. Uh, the hunchback just jumps on carrying the mummy sarcophagus. And it's like, I'm going on. You can't stop me. Like, oh, God, this guy's like as strong as pity men. Yeah. Just let him on and then, before he kills us. And then Dracula shows up and they're like, pay the toll to get on. And he's like, nah. And he just f- turns into a bat and fly on in. And the ship's crew are like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, that'll be $100. Yeah, I think I'll just fly in. And he just flies into the ship and he's like, no, what the fuck, what the fuck? Like, that fucker just turned into a bat. Vampires aren't real. What the fuck? Did we just fuck? see what I thought we saw? Um, then Dr. Jekyll just gets on because they like picked him up in London before they ever got to the dock. Yeah, so we haven't seen him yet. Um, And the invisible man just is it's on. Invisible. Yeah, so what the hell? And then we see Felix board the ship and they're like, oh, you're going to the Isle of Evil, too? By the way, that's where the party is being held, and that's where Baron Frankenstein's castle is. After being freaked out by Dracula and his transformation tricks, like, free, get on. Anyone going to the Isle of Evil, just get on and don't curse us, you motherfucking witches. Please don't kill us, please. Also, Isle of Evil, because I love evil. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. And then as the ship's leaving, we see the werewolf just, like, jump onto the anchor and climb up. Pretty good. So on the ship, Felix meets the werewolf and the invisible man, but his glasses are knocked off, so he doesn't realize what they are. Because, obviously, anyone without glasses can't see a thing without glasses. They're blind as fuck. It's not like you see, you know, mostly fine without glasses. It's just like reading and far away things. I just love the invisible man's response. Like, oh, sorry, I can't see without my glasses. Huh. Heard that one before. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And afterwards on the ship, he meets Dr. Jekyll. And they get to talking, and they talk a little bit, and it's actually pretty, like, friendly. And then Jekyll decides he needs a drink and opens up his cane, because apparently his cane is a secret flask. Very big flask. And he takes a swig of 
the concoction from the story, and he turns into Mr. Hyde. But like when Hyde is introducing himself, Felix says is Hyde. Yeah, it's like Felix is like, "Oh, you want me to hide? Okay, I guess you. If you want to play games, you must be feeling all right. I'll go hide, and we'll play hide and seek." Do do do. Felix is an idiot. Fade to black. Uh, then we cut to midnight, where all the monsters on the ship just fucking get like yeet themselves off the boat one way or the other. Yeah, they they're like, "Well, this is close enough. Let's go." Like. Like, the wolfman has, like, what looks like a homemade raft, and Dr. Jekyll takes a rowboat, but everyone else just, like, jumps off the boat. See, Dracula just turns to a bat. Um, Quasimodo, carrying the sarcophagus of the mummy, just fucking jumps off the boat, and so does the Invisible Man. Invisible Man gets naked and then jumps into the water. I guess he jumps in the water. I guess I can't see him. Yeah, we assume that's what happened. He appears at the island later. And then at the castle, we see that Dr. Frankenstein is talking to his staff, getting them prepped and ready for the events. Who's just a bunch of zombies. Yep. He tells them to be ready for everything. We also get to meet the creepy Yetch. 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 Which is like the head zombie and also this fucking creeper towards Francesca. And acts like Pete Laurie. God, gross. He also tells them to go up in the airplanes and like monitor the island to make sure it doesn't come here. Because while they didn't invite it, it might come uninvited. Say so it wouldn't take him much to get there. It has a, it has the gall to go to a party uninvited. Damn party crashers! Guests start arriving. First, it's Dracula, then the werewolf, then the Invisible Man, then the Hunchback, and then the Mummy, and then Doctor Jekyll, and finally, who wasn't the only monster who wasn't on the boat, the creature. The creature, because he don't need no boat. Because he is the creature from the Black Redacted. <laughs> he is the creature from the water that is contaminated. We're not allowed to say it. I guess we I, we're allowed to say it, but they weren't allowed to say it, so it's the creature. The fish man. Yep. Uh, so they all sit down to dinner, and Frankenstein goes like, Now listen, I wanted to, I wanted to bring you all here for many reasons. Number one, I found the super ultra death liquid. Also, I'm retiring. Also, I'm retiring. And like Dracula, he wants the super ultra death secrets. Francesca wants to be Frankenstein's successor and sees that, like, Dracula wants the super death juice, so she'll use Dracula in her plan to become the successor. And then Monsters Mate and Fang go like, well, Francesca's planning something. Probably since he's retiring, she wants to get the Doctor's secrets. But he made us, so we deserve it, because we're basically his kids. So, So, yeah, it's a power struggle. So we're going to screw up Francesca's plans. And then a song starts playing called The Mummy. It's The Mummy, played by... The tibula and the fibulas. They have that is like their name in the show, but there is an actual band. It's like Duke and the Blazers. I like the in story name better, and yeah. they're just skeletons with wigs. Yeah, and it, the mummy is literally just the the words. It's the mummy, it's the mummy. over and over with some guitar and drums. Are these the same guys? You got me there. I don't know. No. 
for some, I had a brain thought like, wait, were Duke and the Blazers the same band that did New Year's Evil? Because the songs are very similar. No, <laughs> they don't. They're not. They're not. Though. Anyway, no. any fucking way. So we hear it's literally just it's the mummy. What's the instrumentals? Yeah, over and over. It's the mummy. And the mummy and the monsters mate do some very sixties dancing. Yeah. Where they kind of just wiggle their arms up and down and left to right, yeah. and then maybe throw their hip every eight minutes or so. Yeah. During the song. Francesca pulls Dracula off to the side, and she starts to make plans. Listen, I will tell you. I know who the successor is, and I will tell you if you will kill him, and then we'll share the Doctor's secrets. And they make the deal. And then Francesca sings Our Time to Shine. It's okay, but it's a very weird song in this movie. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that one already. Because it's a folk song. Because the person playing Francesca is Gail Garnett, and she is a folk singer. But it's very out of place in this movie. Okay, play it over the podcast. And we're going to. That's why I meant. You know, I'm all going to, and you'll hear it. And it's just, I don't know, it's just weird. Especially since the rest of it's either like generic musical numbers and or like 60s pop funk rock. I don't know. It's whatever. It's a song. They needed filler. And the tap break's weird, because there is like a tap break in this animated feature with Dracula. Anyway, she tells Dracula about Felix. However, the monster's mate is like behind the drapes overhearing this entire thing. And then like they're about to try to get the monster's mate, because like, you were eavesdropping on us, and we caught you. And we're gonna kill you. And then Fang shows up, and he grabs the Count. And the girls have a literal cat fight where they both tear off each other's dresses and start fighting with actual cat noises added to it. It's pretty risque for the 60s. It's pretty risque for fucking Rankin and Bass <laughs> making a freaking stop motion movie. The Fang and the Count start fighting because the Count Dracula like escapes his hold and they land like in the dining room and the fight goes there and everyone gets involved in it. And it's a whole big food fight. Pies are thrown. Heads are thrown. Bones everywhere. Mass hysteria. And then way later that night, everyone's like sleeping the excitement off. And we find out that apparently in this giant castle, everyone has to share two people to a room. Also, no one sleeps on a bed except for like the Invisible Man. And Dr. Jekyll. And Dr. Freckle. But yeah, m- almost everyone else like s- does not. No, not Dr. Jekyll. It was the Wolfman sleeps and, in the bed. Because Dr. Jekyll like, has the umbrella and gets... Poured yeah. water on from the black. Lagoon. Yeah, even though their rooms all have two beds for the two occupants, because again, this giant castle can't give everyone their own rooms. Nope, budgets. Well, again, whatever. It's not a big deal at all, probably. It's also a bed and breakfast. So the next day, Felix finally, the ship's finally close enough that he can row onto the island, because the ship won't dock. They refuse to. Nope, nope, nope. The and, Isle of Evil? And nah. the crewmen refuse to row him to shore. They'd rather leave the lifeboat than get on that island or get near that island. You know, in most horror movie-esque stuff, they'd probably be the smartest characters. Yeah. 
definitely. <laughs> like, oh, go to Evil Murder Island? Yeah, how about not? So as he's rowing into the island, Dr. Frankenstein and Francesca go out to meet him on the beach. And they do. And we see stop-motion water, and that's interesting. It's a little different. The stop-motion water is not as good as later ones do. It's not as good as real-life water. Don't get me wrong. So the doc, so because of both the doctor and Felix falling in the water as he's coming to shore, they go to into the castle to change. And then afterwards, Francesca is supposed to show Felix around. And like as they're changing to dry clothes, Francesca goes to the doc to the count and go and shows him a map. Listen, I'm taking him on a picnic. Here's the route. Here are three places where you can kill him, like safely, because they'll be the best places for ambushes. Yeah, three spots. Don't screw this up. You have three chances. You can do this. You've killed plenty of people, I would assume. Francesca and Felix go on their picnic. Uh, first, the werewolf attacks, but Felix treats him like a dog, like a regular big old puppy dog. With a good old game of fetch. Um, then the mummy tries to attack, but he, the mummy trips, and he's like, Oh no, this super injured man. I should help him redress his wrappings. I should tie him to a tree. He's not very good at dressing wounds. Then Dracula is about to attack Felix, but Felix is spraying insect repellent and sprays it right into the Count's mouth as he's about to bite. Mm. Then they finally stop for their picnic underneath a tree, and Dracula is, like, on the branch above them. And he's, like, sw- he's, his plan is to swing down and bite, I guess, his head off or something. He's going to turn into a zombie minion after he bites him, I guess. Or something. And, like, Drac keeps missing bites because, like, exactly when Drac attacks... uh. Felix just, like, dips his head down to look into the picnic basket. You'd think he'd be able to figure out that timing. You'd think. Anyway, so he fucking fails, and Felix makes it back to the castle after the picnic. So Frankenstein now shows, like, Felix some of the castle himself and his lab. His super spooky lab where he makes death bombs. He tells him that he's turning over the family business. Okay, what is the family business? Oh, it's being the head of worldwide monsters. Like being in charge of every monster on the planet. You know, you know, something small. And Felix is like, I don't know if I could do that. I can't. Fuck. Monsters? Really? Also, for a world organization, having like eight members kind of sucks. They might only be the eight major members. There might be like little pity members that don't get invited to the <laughs> cool events. They're like the eight like scout leaders at like the Boy Scouts. Yeah. Anyway, to help, to try to help him like, yeah, you can do this. The doctor begins singing the song One Step Ahead. One Step Ahead, which is basically... One basi- Step Ahead of the Bread Line. I mean, it's basically just don't let other people pass you. You will you can stay in charge as long as you're the smartest person in the room. That's kind of what he... Don't be dumb. Yeah. The musical. You gotta stay one step ahead. Tell you read page one. Read three more you'll find. That the very next day when you are done, the group is way behind. After the song and dance number, it is actually sung by Boris Karloff, so that's kind of interesting. It's the yeah. only time I know he sings. I'm surprised Boris Karloff sang. Anyway, up afterwards he's like, Hey, I want to think about it. I do my best thinking fishing. Can I fish anywhere around here? So like they send him he sends him out to the moat. To fish in the moat. The one full of crocodiles. In Dracula's room, Francesca berates him like, You had three chances, you 
fucking idiot. Damn, Dracula is useless. You could have killed him. You had I gave you three chances to kill him, and you fucked them all up. The fuck is wrong with you? You know Dracula, the guy who's lived for thousands upon thousands of years, just feeding on people's blood. Yeah. Couldn't kill just some nope. random picnicker. Nope. Uh, but as she's berating him, uh, the the monster's mate and Fang come. Fang. They come in, and it's like, oh, you were planning to double cross me, Dracula. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we were. But yeah. now that you know, you'll tell the doc, you'll tell Doctor Frankenstein, and we can't let you do that. So let's kill you. Good idea. So, so they all, so the three monsters go in to try to kill Francesca, but Francesca knows this castle inside and out, and she escapes through a trap door in the floor. Good idea. As she escapes, she goes like, "Doctor Frankenstein betrayed me by not giving me what I deserve. Those monsters betrayed me by double crossing me." I don't care what happens anymore. And she writes a letter and sends it off for reasons. And then the monsters in the room above are like, wait, we could go down the same trap door to follow her. <laughs> Why don't we just go after her? Like, the Count Dracula's first plan is to, like, pack up and run before the doctor can, like, kill him with the super explodey juice. Not a bad idea. But then, like, Monsters Made is like, why don't we just follow her down the trap door? Oh, uh, yeah. So they get down to the lab, but Francesca's ready. Because she has a torch for the monster and Wolfsbane for the Wolf vampire. Man? Oh, yeah, vampire. And then he, like, Wolfsbane is supposed to do all undead, and for some reason, lycanthropes are also classified as undead. It's It's been one of those weird things. Anyway, Wolfsbane also fucks with vampires as well as werewolves. Fuck vampires. But, like, she loses track of which one hurts which. She's like, or oh, is it a torch for vampires? Uh, uh. And then she gets disarmed, and she just fucking yeets herself out the window into the moat. Also not a bad idea. Except for the moat has man-eating crocodiles in it. That's where Felix is fishing. Yeah. So she's saved by Felix, and she get, and Felix gets her to shore, and then she has a little bit of like, This is all your fault! Everything was going fine until you fuckered! You just had to be existing, didn't you? Yeah, everything was going swell. And she, like, beats on his chest a little bit. And then, like, Felix goes, like, calm down. You're hysterical. Please calm down. Then he fucking slaps her. And then she instantly falls in love with him. Oh, slap. (laughs) Like, instantly after this bit of, like, get a hold of yourself, slap. Oh, my God, Felix, I love you. What? What the fuck? Well, that might explain something later on that we find out. What the fuck? (laughs) She kisses him and then starts singing Never Was a Love Like Mine, which is generic love song. love song here she then says holy shit we have to leave the island because they're gonna try to kill you felix um back in the castle the monsters form an angry mob ha irony kind of backwards there and the new couple run across the jungle that covers the island trying to get to francesca's secret boat 
as the monsters give chase. And so, like, Felix is just, like, slap. They just have, like, machetes, and they're slashing through the jungle, like, gotta get to the other side. (gasps) This fucking sucks. Except for there's no cursing, because this is the 60s. 60s cursing, bad. Yeah. Bad. Eventually, the monsters catch up, and they grab Francesca. And they kidnap her. And they try to grab Felix, but he has the vial of something monster blow up super boom something. So if they fuck with him, kaboom. Yeah. And then it shows up. Which, wait, does he know that's the kaboomy stuff? Uh, no. Okay, I was going to say that. He doesn't know. He just has that vial. I I was trying to remember that or not. I don't even know how he got it. I lost track of that completely. Oh, well. Sucks to be them. Yeah. You know, it's a really good thing he wasn't clumsy in that situation. Exactly. Anyway, um, it shows up, and it scares the monsters and grabs Francesca. And also, it is like fake King Kong. It's a giant gorilla. They haven't said what it was until it showed up. Because of suspense. Yeah. Uh, then, like, running through the forest again, Baron Frankenstein meets up with Felix, and he goes like, Felix, give me the thingy, my bother, my kabloom. Give me the ultimate the death. MacGuffin. Give me the ultimate death. I'll save Francesca. You get to the boat and wait for her. And then the Baron sends in his air force. Those, uh, those, those airplanes are so funky. Flight of the Valkyries. That too. And then they attack it using helicopters. And they get it to set down Francesca, and she jumps into the water so she can get over to the boat. But, the, but it grabs the Baron, and it has the Baron in one hand and all the monsters in its other hand. He's really pissed off because he wasn't invited. And then Frankenstein is like, listen, you fucks. I was perfectly happy to let you do what you wanted until you started trying to kill my nephew and my assistant just because you all wanted the power I hold. You power-hungry bastards. So you know what? Fuck this noise. Fuck you, it. Fuck you, the rest of the monsters. We all gonna die. And he throws the entire vial, a drop of which made a small mushroom cloud. The whole damn vial. And blows up the entire island. The castle, his staff, anything else. Everything else, the sand, there's nothing. It is not even like debris raining down. No, it is atomized. Nope. And then on the boat, Francesca, like, Felix is like, I'll bring you to America. I don't have a ton. We'll get married. And we'll have kids. We'll live in my one-room apartment. We'll do okay. Like, I don't have a lot, but if I share it with you, it'll be no more. It'll be the barrels. And then Francesca's like, oh, we can't have children, and I can't marry you, because I'm a robot. I was a robot made by the doctor himself. His ultimate creation. Where you have a heart, I have a battery. Where you have lungs, I have, like, more batteries. Where you have an elbow, I guess I have, like, a battery. Felix answers that, hey, none of us are perfect, and then he starts repeating that over and over. Like are a perfect, broken record. Are perfect, which kind of indicates that Felix was a robot? He's a robot? (sighs) Which makes no damn sense, but you know, whatever, twist ending. Say, just like all good horror movies. And that is the fucking end of this weird-ass picture. So technically in this movie, none of the main human characters lived. Yeah, because there was only one human in this movie, (laughs) since everyone else was a robot or a monster. Everybody died. I guess if you ever wanted to see a child-friendly version of all the famous ho- universal horror monsters get killed. There you go. That's, that's what this movie's for, I guess. <laughs> and then the robots took over the Earth. The end. I fucking guess. I don't know. According to, I'm, according to most sources, this movie's actually not terrible, but not great. It has like 6.6 on IMDb, and I think it has like a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it have a 6.66? No. Ha 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 ha. 
and this has become a bit of a cult classic, even though it's been forgotten for years. I could believe it. The re the way I learned about this initially was right when they started selling the big box set of like Christmas specials that same year on how like for Halloween they sold this movie, mm. and that's the only reason I knew this movie existed until I watched it totally illegally. Totally legally. Totally. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. No pirates here. Nope. I've worn that costume in years. <laughs> so what do you what do you think? It wasn't too bad. It was it's it's ranking the bass as it goes. Yeah, it's goofy and I love and the stop motion is still fairly charming, even if this is some of their later work. But I still are kind of mid to later work. And I had a lot of fun watching it, but I don't it's not really something that I go like, yes, you have to watch this. It's more like, well, that was okay. That was I th- fun. I think I'd watch this again over the uh, Easter. Oh, God, yes. That fucking sucked. Yeah, this is leagues of better than that. Yes, it is. Holy shit, that movie sucked. The fucking Easter Bunny is Coming to Town is so much worse. That was so terrible. Jesus. Like, this is just kind of middling. It's not fantastic, but it's not like, blah. And this is going out to the very little of you who haven't seen it already. Go watch that one, too. Yeah, man, like, that is our fourth most popular episode right now. Go yeah, go make boy. it even more popular. Watch our Easter episode in October. Be weird. Fuck conformity. Be different, like the mate of the monster would say. Fuck conformity. Conform Rage against the machine. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to give this special a full box of Creature fr- with Black Macaroons. I would give this a mate out of a monster. All right, hope you enjoyed our second spooky month review, or whatever the hell these are. We have one more special episode in store for this month. Well, actually, according to the schedule... The schedule. The schedule. We have... Yeah, you're right. I was wrong. Yeah, we. I thought we had one more normal episode, but we do have a special episode. We will be uploading our special Halloween episode... On Halloween at, like, midnight central time. So stay tuned to watch Jack Mid- Frost on yeah. Halloween. So, like, you'll have the entire day of Halloween to w- to listen to it before it's over. While you eat all of your candy. Or scare your neighbors. Or while you're driving your kids trick-or-treating, because there are those parents. You can hear us scream. You just have your headphones in so that you don't hear the kids screaming about how they got freaking toothbrushes at the last place. Or scared by that guy who is way too into Halloween. Who always pretends to be a freaking scarecrow on his porch with the candy on his lap. Because that's always the fucking trick. Or the guy hiding in a bush. Anyway, um, after that little Halloween whatever, now's the part of the podcast where we shill. Shillington. So, we have a Twitter, at Fiction Fanatics with a Z. We have a Instagram, at Fiction Fanatics with another Z. Uh, tell your neighbor, tell your friend, tell your dog, tell the trick-or-treaters who stop by your house. Tell the frogs, tell the witch, tell the cat. Tell them to listen to the podcast. We're on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. And everything else that's not Pandora. Yeah, I think Pandora is the only one that we're not on because they're... Because they're uppity. Because they still haven't, like, said we're allowed to be on their site, even though we, like, did that a year ago. A while ago. We're not... We're not big enough yet. Get us on there. I guess. Whatever. Anyway, um, this has been tons of fun to talk about. We hope you guys had fun, too, and adios. Goodbye. Peace. You took my outro. I did.